Tomorrow in the United States, we observe the 240th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, really the first Brexit, as we declared our independence from Great Britain. And there are lots of people who signed that Declaration of Independence on July 4th. Now, some of those names are more known to us, and maybe some of them are people we've never heard of. Some of the more popular signers, John Hancock. He was the president of the First Continental Congress and was the first person to sign the Declaration. And since it was such an elegant signature and the first one, now whenever someone asks us for our signature, they often ask for our John Hancock. So it's a name that we know that we're familiar with. Another name, Samuel Adams. Now, we might not know a lot about Samuel Adams personally, but what we do know is that there's a beer that's named after him that we might enjoy from time to time. And also another signer was Benjamin Franklin, the well-known inventor and writer and journalist, and also featured on our $100 bill. And so we hope that a few Ben Franklins will make it into the collection today. So these are some of the more popular names of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Now there are others that I'm sure we don't know much about and not much was written about their lives. But there's something about a name, to know someone's name. Each of us, when we were born, our parents named us. And maybe we're named after someone uh, in our own family, maybe a grandmother or a great-grandmother or a great-aunt. The other week, or the other day, I was at one of the restaurants in town, and one of the waitresses came up, and she introduced herself, and I said, what's the story behind your name? And she told me that she was named after her great-aunt. Because it was a name that wasn't a very common name today, and so I knew that she probably was named after someone else. The name is what people know us by, and they call us by. It's the name that we respond to. So where am I going with all this? In our gospel this week, and I would like to propose that the name of Jesus is central to it. Because Jesus calls together these 72 to go out. And really what Jesus does is he tells them to go out and to proclaim his name. To prepare the villages so that they will know who he is when he comes to preach his message to proclaim the name of Jesus. And secondly, when they came back, they told Jesus, even the demons are subject to the power of your name. There's power in the name of Jesus. This is what St. Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians, that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bend their knee at his name. So it's a name that should be held in great reverence because it's the name of God. I remember a few months ago now that I was at my mother's apartment and I was taking her dog for a walk. And as I was walking by the neighbor's house, all you could hear were expletives coming from the house. And of course, the name of God being used in name, you know, J expletive C. And I, as I heard that, I just wondered, was it completely necessary to use the name of Jesus in this way? 
Of course, at football games and basketball games, at sporting events, the name of God is often taken in vain. Now, this is the commandment that was given to Moses as he went up the mountain, that God told him, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And if we see that there's great power in the name of Jesus, then it's a name that should be reverenced in our life, a name that's used in prayer as we bless the name of God in the songs that we sing. Holy God, we praise thy name, one of those famous traditional church hymns. Oftentimes, if someone comes in the confessional and they tell me that they've taken the name of God in vain, inevitably I'll sign the penance of praying the Our Father. Because as Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he told them to pray, Hallowed be thy name. I think by praying the Our Father, it's a way for us to restore that honor and dignity to the name of Jesus. And Mary, as she went and visited Elizabeth, proclaimed what's known as the Magnificat, or this great song of praise. And in it, she said, Holy is your name. So even from the pages of Scripture, we see how we should revere and keep holy the name of God. It's when we do these things, when we first proclaim the name of God in our life with those around us, when we keep that name sacred, that then what happens in our ending of the gospel today, that our name will be remembered in heaven, that Jesus will not forget our name because we've honored his name so much in our life, and that when we draw our dying breath, it will be Jesus who comes to us and says to us, you know, John, Amy, whoever it is, come and enter into the kingdom of my Father. Jesus will call us by name, that same name that our parents gave us, that same name that we responded to. And as Jesus calls us, we'll say, yes, let me come into your house.